0: More than once,
1: actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com.
2: Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website
1: for details.
3: This is Jason Marsden, voice of Duke from G.I. Joe Renegades. You're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Yo, Joe.
1: You are listening to the KeyCast Radio Network.
4: Uh-huh. Partners, Spotify. By- Leash the geek in you.
1: Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Greg. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the wow. internet's the number one G.I. Joe podcast,
0: What's on Joe Mind. That's right. It's Joe News, reviews, and special guests like you've never heard them before,
3: delivered right to your MP3 player. Think of it as Joe Talk, it's sports talk. And we make fun of Chuck.
0: Right, we hey.
3: We're just kidding, Chuck. Kinda. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, we hey. It's what's on Joe Mind. Every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher, Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. Can
1: I say something about
0: Transformers? No. Hey, this is Barbecue, and you are listening to What's on Joe Mind. Hello
1: and welcome to GeekCast Radio. This is episode 67. This is the start of the Syndication Nation Spotlight here inside GeekCast Radio. We are... Doing, I believe, 12 or 13 episodes. Each episode is going to be dedicated to one of our partner podcasts. Uh, kicking it all off is, I believe, the first, if you don't count the lunchroom, the lunch table, I believe the first ever partner podcast we had, which is What's on Joe Mind. Uh, I am, of course, one of your hosts, TFG and Mike. Joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello. Hello. And from What's on Joe Mind, we have Gary. Hi. Justin. Hello. And Mike.
2: Las <laughs> cucarachas <laughs> entran, pero no pueden
1: salir. All right, uh, Steve is going to be kind of heading this one up this time around, and uh, take it away.
4: Okay, so basically, we're going to find out how you guys got into podcasting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Actually, I, uh, not from the, not for the rest of the guys, but. Uh, I think I had the least amount of experience of, of the three of us for if you count Chuck. I've been thinking of doing podcasting for a while prior to starting What's On Joe Mine and just never got around to it. I talked with a couple other websites about doing it and just never got around to doing it. Uh, but I did listen to uh, podcasts before, such as other partner podcasts with the Geekcast Radio Network, uh, Star Joes, I listened to them, uh, other friends of the programs, Fooshcast, cast listened to them, but Never had any real experience prior to getting into podcasting. I just kind of jumped in, very much with both feet, and kind of learned the hard way, uh, just about every step of the way. But now, uh, after gosh, over one hundred and fifty total episodes now in, I think I got it down a little bit. Maybe
2: I don't know. <laughs> you've yeah. you've overcome your crippling personality flaws. Says oh, Mike. I thought that
1: was Chuck's job.
2: <laughs> Chuck hasn't overcome his crippling personality flaws.
1: No, I don't think that'll ever happen. <laughs> um, you know, you know, you say that you're you kind of jumped in with both feet, both feet, Gary. That's kind of the same thing I did, and I've been learning ever since. It, it the learning process for podcasting never stops. I mean, you know people say, oh, well, DFGO Mike, you've been in it for X number of years now, and you're a pro. Well, I wouldn't say I'm a pro. I'm not getting paid for it. Not that I would want to, but, you know, it's like it's a constant learning experience. Well, like, uh, what, what year
4: see. did you guys get into it, like get into start start doing podcasting itself?
0: Uh, Eleven was when we started the show. And if you want to talk, if, there's, if in terms of if you want to talk pros, the pro of the group is actually Mike. Uh, he actually did radio for a living at one point, as well as his his brother. He he would know more than any one of us uh, about really how hard this is. The, the hardest part for me really is the whole editing process. And to to give the GCRN some credit here, I mean, once we joined up with the network, uh, Mike and Steve, you guys were were helpful with suggestions of things that we could do to to make the editing process better, better equipment or better programs to record the show. Uh, but it's been I, I pretty much for the last year haven't really tweaked this, our show any because I think we found a format we finally like. Uh, but we're not professionals, but we we do have some professional blood, and that would be Mike. I'm touched. Well, that, that's your cue to actually see. He's a professional, but he he can't pick up on a cue if he was given one.
2: Sorry, I was coughing. What do you want from me?
1: <laughs> well, thanks, Gary. <laughs>
2: But uh, yeah, I I actually I was uh, I was the guy who was dumb enough to get back into this in college. Um, had a, a brief, if you want to call it a career, after that uh, of trying to do this for a living. Um, determined pretty quickly that it's it's um, it's no way to pay the bills because nobody has bills that are that low.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and um, so. So if you wanted to, I'm probably the one who is, is the most natural, most comfortable, I should say. I wouldn't want to say natural, but most comfortable um, saying crazy things into a microphone. Uh, and as, as such, I think it's it, it's kind of played into the role a little bit. I, I, I tend to be the one that either wears the black hat, you know, that plays the bad guy or that plays the silly guy or, um, you know, and, and kind of frees everybody else to do their thing. Uh, you know, that being stupid allows Gary to, to be the host and it lets Justin be the expert and it lets Chuck be the be fall Chuck. guy.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so I, I, I think that, that my role is, is, you know, I'm, I'm no slouch with GI Joe's myself. I'm, 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 I'm a pretty smart guy and, and I've done my homework and I've, I've done a little bit of writing and, and, um, you know not not to blow my own horn not certainly not to the degree of somebody like a Justin Bell who is is un, undisputed, indisputably our expert um but um it 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 is kind of funny sometimes when um when we're out at uh, say at, at con when the three of us are all together and and um you know we're all talking but strangers come up to us because they hear me <laughs> And uh, we, we've actually we've 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 got a, a number of folks on on Facebook who are just uh who who the three of us all met simply because uh, they came up to us at Con and said hey you're 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 Mike from What's on Joe Mind aren't you and I and I kind of I kind of point at the other it's like yeah I, I am it's good to meet you blah 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 what do you think Gary and they don't you know, like and they don't pick up on that it's like <laughs> oh you're you must be Gary and you must be Justin and they. You know they get them reversed or something. Most or.
0: of the people are below Justin, though. So
2: that is they're, true. That is too, true. They're Most. too
0: small for Justin.
2: The plebes do not uh, register on Justin's radar. <laughs> he is the super fan.
3: I look down and say hi while on the throne that you guys are carrying me on on your shoulders. <laughs> oh God!
1: It, now, it's it's now, nice of you to
3: say that too. It's
1: how <laughs> old as I can picture is Justin in one of those old timey. Uh, Amazon uh, throne chairs and the, the rest of you guys, carry. Thank God the, he is the
2: skinniest of the four of us. <laughs> it is true, but I got to tell you, if there's a you wouldn't think you wouldn't think so, but uh, Gary and I are pretty hot in those Roman style tunics.
1: <laughs> wow. <Okay>. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, how do we recover from that? Hot, hot, baby,
0: hot. You should, should ask Justin Bell how he got started in podcasting. Dude.
3: Yeah, there's. Yeah, <laughs> there is that. <laughs> well, um, actually, I did do a, a brief stint. Um, there was an old website uh, called Quick Kicks Theater who changed actually to com a number of years ago, I want to say 2006, 2007, and I actually did uh, recaps of some Sigma Six cartoons for him on his podcast, but... Uh, the Sigma Six cartoon was so terrible that I think it gave me a rash just trying to record recaps of it. So um, that didn't last very long. But um, then I thought you liked that show. I, I like I like Sigma Six. I don't like the show. The show was terrible.
1: Okay, I like the, the line.
3: Yeah, I like the <laughs> toys. Um, great, great toys, awful entertainment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so then I had my my whole website thing going on, and um, when. Chuck and and Gary and Greg at the time invited me to be a guest on What's on Your Mind. I think was like the second episode, and um, yeah, I we're gre- about
0: two or three in,
3: yeah, yeah. And I agreed and came on the second episode and just uh, kind of never left. So I just I came as a guest and stayed on for you know almost three years now. So refuses to yeah, leave. Exactly. <laughs> I keep on <laughs> I mean, trying to do these shows and I just kind of show up and keep recording and they're like, you know get out of here but i just don't take a hint didn't you
0: do uh didn't you do a a couple episodes of uh the the granddaddy of them all the gi joe review
3: i did yes i did do a couple episodes of gi joe review as well yep with uh christopher and chad and matt and those guys um so yeah i did some guest spots there too good point can't can't haunt their place (laughs) hang around by us i swear he gets in
2: through the windows
1: Oh, that's Chuck. (laughs) He squeezes into the closet. No,
2: no, Chuck can't fit in through the window. Chuck Chuck is inside. We we don't uh, we didn't we we don't grease up the sides of the windows for Chuck to get there. (laughs) They let him in the closet. Ooh,
0: the
1: peeping uh, hole. Did you just say you keep him in the closet? Oh my god, in the closet.
0: (laughs) That That means Chuck has to come out of the closet.
2: (laughs) It's it's awful that that. That people such as Gary and myself are sitting here making fat jokes on people, but <laughs>
4: it's,
2: it's still a low blow. It is. It's terrible. We're, we're Bell, not good people.
0: Bell can. Uh, we really can. I'm in no position to talk, but
2: <laughs> I don't know. I've seen. I've seen Justin's before picture. I don't know if he. Oh can yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. There's that.
3: Yep, there's there
2: that. I've seen Justin before the Cobb salads. <laughs> this is uh... Justin. Is I, I I I pick on, but uh, Justin is actually. Um, you know, I, I, I've struggled with my weight for a number of years and there have been times where I've been successful with it and times when I haven't, this happens to be one of the times where I'm not, um, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Gary, Gary's known me long enough to, to know that that is, that is the truth. I, there have been times where I'm in pretty good shape. There have been times where I'm in terrible shape and I'm pretty obnoxious through all of them. hmm <laughs> But, uh but Justin is Justin is one of the people who I keep in mind as, as somebody who's who's who who wins his battle on a regular basis. Justin is actually somebody I look up to quite a bit in that regard. So I don't want to I don't want to come off like a like a total like a total dick.
3: I, I don't even know how to respond to that, Mike. Thank
0: you. Other than the fact that, you know, he actually admitted to being a dick.
1: <laughs> it only probably. took 152 episodes. Yeah, it took a, <laughs> it took a while. Uh,
2: I don't know. I I'm pretty open about that, frankly. I, I really don't don't hide.
0: Well, the the funny thing about that is when we we I'm all started for an asshole. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we started the uh... podcast. When we started the podcast, we we pretty much had no show personas whatsoever. It was pretty much straight laced. Here is the news. Here's discussion points. Here's what we got in, and we're out. And after a while the show personas started developing on their own. And that is either to no scripting whatsoever, but a lot of it's because of audience interaction. When people would write in Um, things that Chuck would say, or things that Mike would say, or things that Justin would say that eventually just get cemented in the show lore. There, there really is, we, we, we do act this way on in, in public to an extent but there is some show persona that does go on um, Mike when you don't have a microphone in front of him isn't isn't such of an a-hole uh, Justin when you don't Not have so a microphone much. microphone on him, does does talk a whole lot more <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there after a while it seemed like uh, it, it kind of started to sound a little bit like a shock jock morning type uh, type show where we had you know a straight laced guy at a bumbling guy and then you had like the two hosts that bounce things off each other. And that wasn't planned at all. It just developed on its own that way.
2: I'm going to, I'm going to draw back to, uh, you know, I I was not on the show as a regular at the beginning. Um, I I had a job that got in the way a little bit more and would have prevented me from, from being part of things all the time, but I was the guest host. And um, I, I, I do think that the first time I was on the on the show, in a, back in episode three, I think was the first time anybody actually made fun of Chuck on the program.
0: <laughs> he had it coming. <laughs> I mean, your granted, it, your granted, microphone sucked that first episode, too.
2: Oh, it was terrible. It was it was really <laughs> a piece of junk. And the one I had for the next episode, I was on. Oh. Four, I had a different I did a different mic for that one. And that one stuck, too was uh it was really it was a a learning process i was i was out of the game for a little while
1: yeah you you have to upgrade equipment what i've found in podcasting is you have to upgrade equipment at least every two to three years unless you find something that completely works and and doesn't screw up after a while Well, like
4: i i started out with a nine dollar piece of junk microphone that plugs into the back of the the tower and uh um, just a regular headset, and then I switch to a USB headset and microphone, and then after that, I switched to buying this hundred and ten dollar <laughs> blue microphone uh, because it sounds better. So, um, but I've I've found that every few years, I mean, I like to upgrade with something new and add something else to the the process. Like recently, I just got new software, so I like playing around with that. But I mean, it's all it's all incremental stuff that helps grow the show more or less
2: it does it does help the show's growth when people can actually hear you yes yes that is, that is my per, own personal experience
1: with lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere
2: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom
3: sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in
4: the limo and we lost track of time
0: <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
4: Play for free at
0: LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: <laughs> yeah, w- we learned that the hard way.
0: You were muted, Mike. What'd you say?
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as far as I mean, as far as the origins of the program go, uh, we, we would be remiss uh, to not to not talk a little bit about Greg who was the, the original third chair or second chair, or whatever, however you want to bill him. Um, mm-hmm. And I think um, as far as setting the groundwork for, for What's on Joe Mind as a news show, I, I think he was a big help as far as getting that that going, um, as opposed to just being four guys who, who sat around and, and just talked crap all the time, which which I think half of our fans think we are, but we actually do try to provide a service. Uh, so, so we do we do owe, uh, Greg, a Greg a big tip of the cap and as far as uh, getting things going. Yeah,
1: um, yeah I was kind of like I, I was listening in the beginning and I was kind of a little worried about how the dynamic change was going to go. By the time Greg had left the show, and it didn't change. I mean, it re- oh, okay, sure, a new voice, um, but it. I mean, the dynamic was still there and it was still cool. I remember. Um, When you guys released, oh man, what it was a few years ago, you released the edited and unedited version of your interview with Kevin Michael Richardson, and I listened to both of those, and I'm like, yeah, the unedited version is so much better.
2: (laughs) Well, what was it? It was the uh, the the first question that I'll I'll never forget. That's when you know you're in for for a good night. Justin, Justin asked him the first question. Hey, so we hear that uh, you know you, you, Kevin, you played Roadblock on Renegades, and we hear that uh, that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, will be playing Roadblock in the 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 movie. You know who do, who do you think's going to make a better Roadblock? And and the answer, without missing a beat, without a without a, a half second of silence, well, I could tell you whose dick is bigger. <laughs> <You> know, yeah, <laughs> yeah but this is this is going to go down as one of the classics. <laughs>
0: Well, one of the reasons the, the the synergy stayed is Mike and I have known each other for close to 10 years now. At the time, it was about seven years at the time, but now it's close to 10 years. And Mike and Justin have known each other for about that same amount of time as well. So we actually have personal relationships with each other. Oddly, and and the odd one of the group is Chuck, because none of us...
2: <laughs> None of us have ever
0: seen Chuck in the flesh, which I don't know if it's good or bad. Uh, he stays with inside the Emanuele compound and only comes out when he needs fresh air every now and then. Uh, but the, if, if the synergy, anything, it got better because I know Mike for a long time. Justin knows mm-hmm. Mike for a long time. I've known Justin for a long time. So we, we have a bit of a personal relationship that we're able to, to, to build the show. And when, if the show sounds like we're friends and, and we are genuine friends, I mean, there's some editing that goes on that makes the conversation a little bit snappier and that type of thing. But there, there is no, there's no falsehoods there. We, we've, we've all known each other for close to 10 years with the exception of Chuck.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and to, to clarify some on that, we, to, for for the folks at home, we do like Chuck. We we, we are friends with Chuck. <laughs> we, Chuck we do. Chuck, Chuck, is, Chuck is in on the joke. Or is he? chuck i tried i tried
1: (laughs) i will never forget that first ad gary sent me at the very end of it oh my god (laughs) this is so hilarious the (laughs) first podcast ad you guys recorded (laughs) can we talk about transformers no still can't and then then the second one i I guess i can't i still can't say anything about transformers no no.
2: yeah (laughs) We need to make a third
0: one here eventually
1: yeah um, no, I mean, I think you guys have done a, a great service to the G.I. Joe community. I know there are multiple other Joe podcasts out there that are specifically, like, Star Joe's, I've worked with Ryan, I'm going to be working with Chuck here in a little while. Um, this but, is another Chuck. Yeah, um, Star Joe's Chuck, yeah. not, not what's on Joe Mind right. Chuck. Not, and
0: that's how he, we that's how we refer to him as well, it's Star Joe's Chuck.
1: Yeah, when yeah. We, when uh,
2: we see him, when we see him in person... He is called Star Joe's Chuck. Yes,
1: is. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't really count them because they're not specifically G.I. Joe, but I've seen some of the other spe- G.I. Joe-specific shows, and you guys, by far, kill them all. Well, we appreciate that.
0: Um, we, we owe a great deal to the guys that did G.I. Joe review. and no, no, I, I shouldn't say did in the past tense, because they're still doing them just at a mm-hmm. much slower pace. We know all the guys that have done the show personally. Again, we have personal relationships with them as well. Uh, We owe them a great gratitude. Um, The guys that did Flag Points uh, really had their their niche. Their niche was, let's talk about memories and Vintage Joe. We discussed doing that for a long time, but really with me, Mike, and Justin is like, oh, yeah, do you have the Vintage Cobra Trooper? Yeah, that was cool. Moving on, you know,
4: it's, it's,
0: it's like, yeah, what, what more can we possibly say about it? Uh, those guys, they could say, uh, you know, a whole lot more that they wanted to say on it. If what if anything, what we would be getting into if we were talking about vintage Cobra Troopers, we'd be leaning on the side of what the classified does, which we're also involved with. So we'll let the classified take the, the torch when it comes to uh, talking about vintage Joe and the history and the archaeology of Joe. When it comes to customizing, Justin's a, a customizer. Uh, he's pretty good. I'm squat at customizing. So uh, Mike, so the Joe Customs podcast, which sprung up after ours as well, they that's the that's their wheelhouse, their niche. We're really here for commentary, news, uh, opinion, and to star to...
2: studded celebrity interviews. Well,
0: yes, we do have a, a lot of the interviews and everything, but it's the, it's to cut through the BS that you see on the board sometimes. It's like you you just want to hear just you know a sane opinion, and and that's where you know someone like Justin Bell comes in. See, Justin, I called you sane. <laughs> it's
3: a step in the right direction. Okay. okay there's well, some you know,
2: nights we'll... where you can just cut the tension between Justin and Chuck with a knife. Will they <laughs> or won't they? But well, I, I do I do like the fact that we.
0: We, we have lasted the everybody, longest.
2: Everybody ignores it and moves on. I love it.
0: <laughs> I like the fact that we've lasted the longest. Uh, we, we have the largest library. Uh, we have the biggest audience. And I, I thank everyone that's continued to listen and, you know, have, has started listening here recently or have been listening since episode one. It, it means a lot, and it means a lot for you guys to say that, uh, you know, you've liked the, you like the show after all this time.
4: So, what got you guys into um YGI Joe?
2: I guess we're 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 going way back for this one. Yeah,
4: um, I mean you don't you don't have to you know do long form of it, but
2: well, no, 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 because that frankly we'd we'd uh, we we'd would be here, be here all next night. Year. Yeah, <laughs> uh, between the between the three of us, uh, i when I was a kid. Um, you know, as I, I was fortunate enough to, uh, to be able to dabble in lots of stuff, um, I, I had a brother who was close to me in, my, in, in age and a, and a younger brother who was not too far behind. And so it was, I think G.I. Joe was the one that stuck because it was something that we could all play with at the same time. Um, it was, it was they, the figures were cheap enough that we could all have a, a good number of them. Uh, sometimes we'd have the same ones. Sometimes we'd have different ones. We all got to play with most of our favorites most of the time. Um, it was just a very, it was a real kid-friendly kind of property in that regard. Um, and then when you throw throw in there that there was such a great comic book connected to it, and such a great television series connected to it, and even though the two of them didn't have anything to do with one another, um, it just kind of it keeps those fires going, and, and it keeps them, you know, keeps you stoked about it. Um, i think of all the you know i i've still got a lot of my crap from when i was a kid or or have had it until recent years um you know we 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 dabbled a little bit in transformers didn't really stick i, I don't have a lot of interest in transformers past um past g1 and even then just the first couple years of it i i, I was out of it pretty quick um star wars as far as the movies go love them as far as the toys go, they disappeared as soon as I realized that Joes have knees and elbows. <laughs> and that's no lie. It was really no lie. It was just like, remember sitting there, I'm looking at, I've got Boba Fett in one hand, I've got Snake Eyes in the other. You know, you've got the, the alpha the alpha male toys from both lines right there. And knees and elbows, one every time. It was, yeah, whatever, go away Boba Fett. You, you suck. <laughs> and so, it just kind of... I don't know. I guess when something get when a seed gets planted that deep, it's it never really goes away. You know, we all most of us had our our years where uh, that seed got snowed over, so to speak, uh, with with puberty and and middle school and high school. And but I was back into Joe before I was done with college. And that's getting to be a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've collected I've collected for longer now than I did when I was a kid. Right, which is you know when when the math starts getting weird and hazy and we all feel old.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Everybody except Steve, since I'm not he's so coming. young. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <at> my
4: <laughs> ten year high school reunion next month. So you go
2: to hell, Steve. <laughs>
3: you go to hell. You go to hell and you die.
2: Ten year, co- ten year high school reunion.
3: You get him <laughs> off of
2: this. You get him off of this program. <laughs> this is where Mike would say.
0: Cut
1: his mic. Yeah. Oh, uh,
3: <laughs> and he muted <neutered> himself. <laughs>
1: yeah. What about you, Justin? Where did you get started?
3: Um, well, my story is actually really similar to Mike's. It was, you know, way back in the '80s. I was a Star Wars kid back then. Had a bunch of Star Wars toys and was just at a local department store one one afternoon and happened to see. G.I. Joes on the pegs and noticed that like Mike said they actually had knees and elbows and bought uh bought a straight arm Flash back in 1982 and a Cobra and really never looked back. I don't know, if, you know, it kind of started with with having toys that moved better than Star Wars toys. That really kind of appealed to me at the beginning. And then once you know, I got my hands on the Larry Hama comic book. It was just um, there was no over. stopping it going from Good there. Nights. Yeah, I mean once you know, I I started off with the toys, and then I, I had a little introduction to the to the cartoon. Of course, um, I thought it was neat. You know, it um, you know seeing the the characters in action was cool and everything. But then um, you know, shortly after I'd I'd watched the cartoon, which you know was full of lasers and everything, and um, and I went over to my buddy's house and was looking through his oversized treasury edition for GI Joe number one and actually saw some Cobra troopers getting shot with guns and that it was, you know, there were some consequences to what was going on here. Even as a, you know, eight, nine year old kid, that just had a much bigger impact on me than the animated series did. And it just kind of, you know, that, that captured me. And I was a Larry Hama fan for life at that point. And unlike a lot of folks who kind of drifted in and out through high school and college. I never really did. I just kept on collecting the whole way through. And before the internet, you know, I was buying Lee's action figure news and toy review and Tomarts and calling all the phone numbers in the back, looking for people who were selling their stuff and, and, um, you know, it's just mailing,
2: a... mailing lists off the alt.GI Joe Yahoo group.
3: Exactly. Yeah. I still remember being in, in college at the university of Vermont in the mid nineties, early to mid nineties. And, getting on the bulletin boards and working out some trades and trying to keep up. Cause you know, I lived in, uh, I lived in Vermont and there Vermont's like the only state or it was the only state in the country at the time that had no toys or us and no target department stores. It still doesn't have a target in the entire state, although it does have one toys R us now. Um, but back then, you know, there was no place <laughs> to buy toys. So it, I take, had to, uh... it takes 40 minutes to go across the width of that state. <laughs> It's it's not about width. It's about north and south. It's not about width. It's about girth, Mike. I'm sure you've heard there that. There it is. I was getting ready to say um, I, girth. You were... Girth is the new width. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I was working out deals, trades, and stuff like that through the bulletin board. You know, anxiously awaiting huge boxes of stuff through my student mailbox, and it was <laughs> uh interesting times and then, you know, discovered eBay and just kept on going from there. So it's, it started in 82 and it's just never stopped.
1: What about you, Gary? Uh,
0: my first Joe was a straight arm snake eyes and a, uh, the Hal um, with grand slam. And that kind of just started the whole thing. It was right before Christmas. I said, Hey, I need more of these. And, by the end of that Christmas, I had all the figures and, and all the vehicles. Hasbro, um, as they mentioned, a, a regular guest of our program, Kirk from uh, one of the one of the former heads of the 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 brand back at Hasbro, Kirk Bozigian, uh, said that you that can own. Name right. Yeah, I know. I, I practiced that just for you. I and and for Kirk, <laughs> uh, you know just just so you could say some guy's name right but anyways the 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 idea of the joe line at launch was that you could own one of everything for under a hundred dollars so i at the end of the launch i had one of everything so there we go i was i dabbled in star wars i believe i had all of a new hopes uh toys for the first time or for the for the first movie quote unquote at the time i had most of empire strikes back but Again, it's it. It came down to more realism for me. It's like, wow, it's an M16, and then I was like, oh, there's an Uzi. Well, what's an Uzi? And I opened up a an encyclopedia, and you can read about an Uzi or a grenade launcher, or a bazooka, and it's like, okay, these are all real world items. Uh, rock and rolls carrying an M60 machine gun, you could read about that. That's something that you could see a real picture of, and that that turned me on to to say that you know there this is this is our future possibility with like military gi joe was always set a little bit into the future and then much like justin once i got a hold of the comic books good night over uh just there was a whole larry world of of his of his mind and his fiction and his vision of gi joe and i was pretty much
1: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky
2: So what uh, I don't think we've ever covered this on our show so we'll give you a little we'll give you a little uh, what's on Joe mine exclusive content here um, yes Justin what, what was your first issue of the comic book
3: Technically well I, I had that treasury edition of, of issue number one which I still have um, but as far as as and then my my history with the comic is really weird because I um, I didn't buy it regularly every month until issue 31. But when I read the Treasury Edition, you know, I made several trips down to various comic stores to pick out kind of scattered issues here and there. Um, And then I – Sears back in the day, back in the 80s, used to sell these comic like packs. Like you would just order these boxes of random comics and uh, I happened to get 26 and 27 and like – 30 the 31 that i mentioned in like 33 i think and then immediately ran to my local general store found 31 on the shelves there too and just and bought them from 31 up so technically my first issue was that treasury issue of of issue number one but um then i kind of sporadically jumped in and out until issue 31 and then from there on it was you know ongoing about you gary
0: issue number 16 night attack it's not my favorite issue. It's my first. My favorite issue remains the number eleven, though.
3: Sixteen's a pretty 11.
0: cool issue. Yeah. Sixteen is really cool. Ironically, it's the debut of Cover <laughs> Yep. Gary, <laughs> Gary,
2: the bane of Gary's existence, Cover Girl. Uh, why?
3: He doesn't like women. I don't, like people, I don't know if <laughs> If that was the case, he wouldn't be married. <laughs> Ooh. No. Oh, it, does it, it, Debbie know I... about that, Gary? Oh, I'm sorry. I might have <laughs> yeah.
2: so you're, Gary, you're, Gary you're, go you're, ahead and describe your feud with CoverGirl.
3: It
0: was that non scientific vote that uh, Hasbro and Devil's Do did back. What year was that? 2005, 2006? It. I, I yeah, think
2: the, I think it was oh six.
3: Yeah, I think oh six is when the figure was out. So I think the vote probably happened in 05. But... The they, Hasbro was coming out with these comic packs,
0: and the mm-hmm. fans said, "Hey, you need to do one for Devils Do, who's doing a comic at the time." And uh, Hasbro finally said, "Okay, yeah, we'll do one," uh, and came out with like a list of six different, five different combinations of a three of the three pack, mm-hmm. and one had like the new Serpentor, uh, one had. The, 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 this is what I, I vividly remember. Obviously, one one was Covergirl, one had the new Serpentor with the new armor, and one had Race, uh, which was the new villain they came up with at the time. Uh, which was super badass. It was like the first new badass villain they come out with, really since probably Destro, Major Blood, Zartan, somewhere in there. It's been a while, but this this was a really cool villain. Um, who else did they 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 had heart wrencher? Yeah, like some
3: Cobra Coil versions of like Xandar, yeah. I think, and Firefly or something like So they that.
0: put it up all up to votes, although you could never see the totals. And then all of a sudden, the vote was over, and then the winner was announced Covergirl. It was the it was Covergirl, uh, Spirit, Spirit Covergirl, and uh, Hannibal, Hannibal yeah, which was yeah. one of the offspring of Serpentor. Or it was clone just kind of Serpentor. Of
3: it was it was a really strange set of circumstances they had all these packs that were like really highly desirable characters but probably would have been pretty expensive to to build and then they had this one selection that had some really like cover girl was the only one that all the fans seemed to really want and um but it used a lot of reused tooling and stuff and kind of mysteriously that pack one um Although, like Gary said, they would never give you any running totals or anything. It was kind of a a matter of, oh, trust us, this is the one you guys voted for. And meanwhile, it it had CoverGirl, which a lot of people were looking for, but then it had Hannibal, which was like this random teenager from one storyline about Serpentor that really didn't make any sense. And then it had Spirit in kind of a new uniform, which was then repainted and re-released the next year. So it just seemed like kind of a weird, bizarre set of circumstances.
0: And on top of that, it seemed like almost overnight, almost overnight, they had the prototypes up
3: and ready to show. Right, yeah, exactly. Usually when toy production so takes you're... about a year, they these mysteriously were ready almost immediately.
1: So you're saying that they
3: rigged the vote?
0: I'm not saying there was a conspiracy, but I'm saying <laughs> there's <was> a conspiracy.
1: <laughs> Sounds like it.
2: Such a, such a bad issue of the comic, too.
4: It was, it <laughs> was, <laughs>
1: really. Just,
2: just terrible. They recast Cover Girl as Scarlet Light. They recast Spirit as Snake Eyes Light, and then they threw a bunch of kids in it who you never saw again.
3: Exactly. Ugh. Ugh. And really, Ugh. Hannibal was like was one out of what like twelve kids or something, and he he doesn't you know he's just some random teenager, some kid in like a leather jacket and, yeah. and gray pants. And that that was, he was
2: he was only notable because he was the one that you saw again.
3: Right. You never
2: saw any <laughs> the of the other eleven. Uh, but uh, for funny. myself, uh, my brother and I kind of, we kind of shared the comics for a long time. Uh, he's got them. He's got most of those early ones now, but we were actually got on the board of the comic book at number five. Um, nice. my, yeah, my first exposure to, to Joe's were, were from Rob.
0: Tanks for the memories?
2: Tanks for the memories. Is. Nice. And... Um, a nice standalone issue to get started on too when you're a kid.
0: You're a kid, it was, awesome. It's a perfect issue.
2: Yeah. Um, cuz I'll be honest, when when we saw the you know, I know it was it was groundbreaking to see the, the 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 commercials for the comic book back in 1982, but I remember seeing those and I remember looking over at Rob and and we both kind of were we we kind of came to the conclusion we weren't mature enough to to uh, to to describe it this way. You know, the, the general feeling was, wow, that seems a little desperate, doesn't it? <laughs> like, it was just, it was so much hype that neither of us were buying it. Like, it was just past what our hype meters could handle, even at that age. And then um, we, when we went, we went to church in New York, there was a, a, a drugstore across the street. And um, Rob would sometimes pick up a comic book there. And um, they had just canceled Team America. And so instead, he bought G.I. Joe, and and the love affair was born. Um, his The first exposure I had to the toys were, were actually his as well. He got a, a Flash, a Snake Eyes, and a Cobra Trooper uh, with money from his paper route. And then about two weeks later, I got the sub for him on his paper route. And so I took the money and ran to the local Woolworths and with my grandma. I got Stalker and a Cobra Officer.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All so right. that, that is uh... your
2: exclusive content.
1: Yes. Yeah. All
2: right. Um, the origins.
1: If Cobra Commander, Destro, and Baroness put guns to all three of your heads and said, "Choose your favorite comic series of GI Joe," what company series would you pick and why, Gary?
0: Oh, geez. I mean, I think we just all hinted at it, talking about early issues of Marvel. That that first. Marvel was great. <laughs> Marvel Marvel's run up into the 120s, 130s was pretty good. One, 140s and 150s got a little weird and then they cut it off after a while and they've IDW and Larry Hama and uh, Shannon have done an awesome job with this uh, this new series they've done the continuation uh, the 155 plus. but I, I would say Marvel by far, no doubt, certainly the first 120 125 issues were just awesome.
2: Yeah. I,
1: Mike,
2: I don't think it's a big insult to to, to Larry to say Marvel now cuz essentially you know him and him and Shannon are there to recreate Marvel. Um, and I don't I don't think that would bother either of them. And um, so long as Larry's around to, to wish us a happy Arbor Day then, uh, <laughs> it's all okay. But so uh, that's a that's another that's another uh, another Running inside joke. joke for the yeah. long-time listeners, but um, I yeah there have been the the end of nothing ticks me off worse than I, I didn't think it, anything was going to tick me off worse than the middle part of Devils Do when they took the book away from Brandon Gerwa mm-hmm. except the end run of Devils Do which was just horrific rushed rushed
3: um, rushed is being kind. I am being kind.
2: Yeah, I, I,
3: but uh, Justin, you go ahead. But yeah, without a doubt, it's the Marvel stuff. And it's, um, it's you know, like Gary said, once it got to the one 130s, 140s, it kind of fell off the rails. But it, the amazing thing is if you sit back and look at it, you know, at 130 issues of a comic, that's over 10 years. So that's like 10 years of really great, great comic writing from Larry Hama back in the 80s. And yeah, there was ups and downs throughout those 10 years, but there's a hell of a lot more good than there was bad. So uh, I think that's pretty remarkable that he was able to take a toy property that was essentially being seen as something just kind of cast off on somebody and do something amazing with it for a full decade. And so without a doubt, it's the Marvel series that gets my vote. But I will also echo Gary and say that what larry and and shannon gallant have done in recent issues of IDW's Real american hero continuation has been phenomenal as well but um you know, holding a gun to my head marvel gets it all the way we gotta get shannon back on the show yes we should
4: with with the marvel that in the 130s they were doing some kind of a ninja bat and uh cobra commander rep- return and then in the the late 130s and uh Part of the 140s, they uh, had the Transformers Generation Two introduction. Yes, and then they yeah. did the. Uh,
1: no wonder they went downhill. Well, and then, <laughs>
4: and then they did um, the the Cobra Commander and Mindbender brainwashing everybody and his kid and Destro and Baroness and their transforming castle and. Uh, he got this battle armor to fight Snake Eyes, and still got his yep. ass handed. Well, to him. and
0: then the whole GI Joe and tiny letters featuring Snake Eyes and big letters across the front. Yeah, that got a little old after a while too.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: What other books are? Because I'm kind of at some point looking to get into the IDW stuff. What other stuff is IDW doing with Joe? Currently. Yeah, cause I'm not I'm not a guy that likes the old stuff. I've learned so many bad lessons with well, transformers. Transformers
4: that comics that were Marvel were terrible. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna lie, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. There are certain stories that are good in there, but most of it is just haphazardly thrown together because yeah. it changed writers so often throughout that. And the GI Joe ones, I found that I actually enjoyed more of the Marvel run of that than I did the Transformer
3: run. mm Hmm yeah well, I think if you're looking for i d w stuff um I mean if you haven't checked out the the Cobra title, then that's definitely something you gotta check out um It's not currently still being published, but um if you can get some some trade paperbacks, definitely go and and look up Mike Costa and Christus Gage and antonio Fuso's run on on Cobra, which you know is kind of the focus of the bad guys a little bit, but there's some plenty of G.I. Joe action as well. It's a landmark series, one of the best G.I. Joe reads uh, I've ever read, aside from the Marvel stuff. If you're really adamant that you don't want to give the Marvel stuff a shot, uh, I would focus on Cobra. Beyond that, I have a hard time really recommending something wholeheartedly idw has done some good stuff robert Atkins has done the art chores and some of the main gi joe titles from a couple of years ago and the snake eyes and storm shadow title i really love what robert Atkins does um some really some pretty cool stuff mixed in there but nothing that has made the impact that marvel did and nothing that has made the impact that cobra did uh there right now actually currently isn't a main gi joe title title from idw uh, it's taken a little bit of a hiatus throughout the summer it's going to be coming back in september So if you're looking to read something G.I. Joe-oriented, September might be a good time to jump back on board and kind of see what the new main title is all about. We don't know a whole lot about it yet, but um, it's supposed to be kicking off then. But if if you're looking for something relatively recent, I would say look for some collections of the Cobra title. That's going to be some fantastic reading.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not completely opposed to looking at the G.I. Joe Marvel stuff. I just know from looking at other stuff in general that anything beyond... Anything nineteen ninety five and and past, I don't care for. Mm-hmm. I just it, it's not the stories, it's not the right, it's the art. <laughs> <laughs> the art in some of the old stuff is just, for my taste, it's just not for me at all. Yeah, um, I think
3: it. Yeah, I mean, there's really for the classic GI Joe title. I think you know the once Rod Wiggum kind of picked up the torch, which was. In the late twenties, early thirties, there was a stretch for a, a good few years that the art was spectacular. But if you go back too much further, you start getting to Mike Vosberg, um, Herb Trimpy who, and I love both of those guys. They were great for their eras. But if you're looking at that artwork these days, there's definitely, uh, you know, something that doesn't doesn't really resonate with the more current art styles.
2: Uh, Herb, Herb Trimpy was a guy whose heyday was was drawing Hulk in the sixties. Right. Uh, and that's kind of why he got the gig on g i Joe is that he had drawn a lot of army guys and a lot of tanks um, mm. his uh as far as his his work with with the Joes, they're a little a little generic looking yeah and 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 it's just again, it's just what he's used to drawing if you're drawing a bunch of guys fighting the Hulk, well, yeah, the military guys tended to look pretty generic his he got the gig because he could draw a lot of them. Uh, and and make him look believable, and and it was kind of the same deal with GI Joe, only there was no Hulk running around. Uh, <laughs> Mike Vossberg's a little, he's kind of a transitional guy. He's almost a little cartoony. It's very stylized. Yeah, it is, uh, and it worked for some characters, and it didn't work for some others. Like uh, his 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 interpretations of Doctor Venom and Quinn, I think. <laughs> Go a long way towards. Yeah. oh I mean, th- those are what those characters are in our mind. Yeah. Yeah. He's really the only one that got to draw them. Um, and but and you know some characters like Snake Eyes he did pretty well and Hawk, he did pretty well. Um, but you know some other characters not not so much. You know, um, Short Fuse I remember in particular kind of looked like a gorilla in a in a in a green sweater.
0: Nobody cares about short fuse. We're talking. Yeah, about I mean, nobody cared show. anyway.
2: But 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 honestly, it, I'm not going to start caring because he looks like a gorilla in a green sweater. <laughs> um. So, yeah, when when Wiggum picks up, it it really goes on. And, and uh, Justin, the name's escaping me. Who picked up after Rod Wiggum? Who had a good long run after him?
3: Um, I know M.D. Bright did a lot of stuff, um, but not, I don't think he picked up right after Rod Wiggum. Um, there was Wiggum. There was Ron Wagner. there. Was, Ron Wagner. That's who I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, There's a bunch of them kind of in there that were all pretty phenomenal. And a, and a fun little piece of trivia for folks who aren't aware. Herb Trimpe, while he was drawing The Incredible Hulk, actually drew issue number 181 and 180, which was the first appearance of Wolverine. So Herb Trimpe drew the first ever comic appearance of Wolverine.
1: Awesome.
3: Yeah, when uh, when we had Herb and and Larry at the uh, at the
2: same con in uh, in New Orleans, I think so. Yeah, um, it was. I was I was joking with uh, with one of these guys that we were actually sitting at Wolverine Con.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hamill wrote him for ever and ever, and Trumpy drew the first appearance. Yeah.
1: All right, let's go around the table this time for the cartoons. What is each of your favorite cartoon series for Joe Gary? <laughs> You say Sigma 6, I'll punch you right through the internet.
0: <laughs> oh. Well, uh, it's it's, it's multi answered here. I, I remember rushing home as a kid to watch The Mass Device when that first came on, the first miniseries. And then after watching that and said, hey, that has nothing to do with the comic, I was a little disappointed. But still, I love The Mass Device. That was the old, the, the, the first Sunbow miniseries. Uh, Renegades. Despite everything that everyone says that's bad about it, there's a lot of good in Renegades and the the Resolute cartoon. I thought was a whole lot of fun as well. Uh, so I, it's multifaceted there. I hit three areas, but those are the three particular series, or at least the mini series, and then Re- Renegades and Resolute. I, I had a I had a fun time watching those.
1: Mike,
2: second season of Deke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, absolutely
2: not.
0: <laughs>
1: um,
2: I, I think if you're if I'm if I'm gonna take a grand champion, I've got to take the Sunbow. Um, again, it, part of it's nostalgia, uh, the wide variety of characters that you saw. Um, it, it filled a lot of holes. I mean, part of when you, when you have a toy line as big as GI Joe, um, you've got a lot of characters, and and, and the the cartoon. Kind of helped fill in some of those holes in, in, in playtime. Like you didn't necessarily want to stop and think of think of your of a of a of a personality for everybody. So sometimes it just it made a lot of sense just to take the shipwreck from from TV and and that was the voice you, of your your shipwreck. That's how yeah. you played yeah. shipwreck, you know. Yeah. Um. And there were a lot of guys like that. Um. But um, I will say that my visually speaking, uh, my favorite was Resolute. I think the character design there for, for those characters were, were just was outstanding, if the story was a little lacking. Uh, and Renegades would probably have a, a much stronger run at the top spot, but it, it, it just didn't run long enough.
1: Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn Boom. shame they won't bring that back.
3: Yep. Well, what about you, Justin? Unlike the other two, I'm not going to be wishy-washy and give all three answers. I will actually <laughs> pick a clear... Uh, clear winner and to me the clear winner is Renegades even though it didn't stick around that long um, I thought it did a great job telling the G.I. Joe story had a nice mixture of Sunbow and comic histories really nice character driven plot and um, the animation was great and no complaints at all I thought Renegades is definitely my favorite overall G.I. Joe animated series that I've ever seen Why do you hate America, Justin?
1: (laughs) (laughs) One one final thing for Steve wraps this up. Rise or Retaliation argument go. The movies.
2: Yeah, no, so, we got we got you there. But who do you want? Who do you want to start?
1: <laughs> Whoever, <laughs> Gary. I guess you can go first.
2: Which
0: movie's better, Rise of Cobra or Retaliation? Yeah. Okay. Well, before even Mike says it, because I know Mike was Mike what Mike's going to say about Rise of Cobra. It wasn't a bad movie because it made a ton of money. Um I still had a blast watching both, but my most favorite is retaliation. I think the Star Power ratcheted up a bit uh with The Rock and uh and, and Bruce Willis.
4: John McClane.
0: And, and yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Let's call it's it, call it what it is, John McClane. The the Star Power there was was phenomenal. The fact that G.I. Joe retaliation is their largest opening movie they've ever had, those two guys says something. Now, a lot of people tend to overlook that because they didn't like the movie for this or like the movie for that, but you cannot, that is not chump change. We're talking about that. That's the highest grossing opening day movie that both of those guys have ever had. And they're just huge stars in their own right. So I had a bunch of fun uh, watching that. I I had a ton of fun of us reporting up to its launch, uh, talking with John Chu, the, the whole nine yards that, that whole lead up to uh, Retaliation and then getting a chance to watch it was a whole lot of fun and very memorable and I will never forget it.
1: Mike? Uh,
2: I'm Pretty much the same same reasons. Uh, retaliation. I, I liked Rise of Cobra. I, I think other people liked Rise of Cobra too. I think we tend to forget uh, being as far into this as we are that maybe these movies didn't do fans every bit of service that they wanted but that's the problem with 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 fanboys is that it, so long as it differs from their version, they're not happy with it. Um, I think the dollars speak for themselves. I think every everybody who saw these movies um, kind of came away from them thinking, yeah, that was a, that was at least pretty cool, um, without thinking too hard about them and and making for just a fun movie going experience. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, retaliation w- was just a it was a more complete effort, and it was nice having our our little piece of it as well. And um, and that's that's that.
1: It's kind of nice that we actually have a movie where Duke stays dead.
2: He's he's not dead. He's not dead. He's in hiding. He's not dead. I've, made, I've said that from the beginning. It is a universe with nanomites and and tiny tiny robots, which they didn't utilize in the second film. True. <laughs> they'll, they'll bring it back
1: just about they're you are not
2: keeping duke and the baroness
3: on the sidelines again <laughs> um retaliation was just a better movie it was a more complete movie i thought more um, more action better acting that type of thing that being said i do think rise of cobra told told a kind of larger scale gi joe story a little bit better but um but retaliation is still absolutely the better of the two movies
2: hmm.
1: All right, Steve, take it away.
4: So, with everything that's gone on with GI Joe, where do you see the future of what's on Joe' mind? I quit. Ah. <laughs> Damn. There's
0: that. There's that over our heads right now.
1: <laughs> shouldn't shouldn't the guy that isn't here be saying that? <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, he was fired.
0: Uh, no, we're still having ongoing additions for the fourth chair. I think we're still in the air, up in the air on that in terms of <laughs> who's going to be the fourth chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, we're we're still making episodes as applicable. I mean, we, at the very start, we're, we're making them once a week, every week, and now it was, you know, once every couple of weeks, and now it's about once a month. And it's not like we're slowing down. It's just, there's not that much to report on, really. As this movie, new movie starts kicking up and New toy line and everything. I would imagine that whole is gonna that that whole thing is gonna pick up again. So I would imagine that uh, there's there's plenty of good content. We got our hundredth episode on the horizon. Uh, we're we're looking at some changes for some, doing some rebranding and that type of thing. So I, I think the future is good, um, and there's still plenty of room for growth. The numbers have been kind of up and down. They've been on another upward swing again. So I think the uh, the the next the next 25, next 30 or so are, are certainly bright uh, as we go into uh, episode 100 and into this next movie. Sounds good. good.
1: Where can the guys, uh, where can the listeners check you guys out? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, all that good stuff. Where can they get the podcast other than, obviously, iTunes? But.
2: For everywhere, baby. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, you Gary. might go. What do, I, I don't know. Oh, of course, <laughs> we're on iTunes. Uh, we are on Stitcher. Stitcher is the radio. Um, we are uh, we are on Podbean. What's on JoeMine.Podbean.com? Um, mostly, if you go to Justin's site at uh, GeneralsJoe's.com um, and just follow the links there, uh, and you'll you'll find our our show one place or another. Um, as far as uh, social media. We do have a show singular show fan page for What's on Joe Mind on Facebook. We do keep our individual Twitter accounts. Uh, Justin's is at Generals Joe's. Uh, it's more more to do with his site. Uh, Gary's is at Gary Godso. Chuck is at ChuckDog1999. Mine is at MikeUrissary1. Um, most of what we tweet about generally has something to do with some realm of geekery, uh, be it uh, the show, be it GI Joe, be it uh, you know what, we've, what we what we've watched on TV. Really, we we don't. Uh, our show is not. I, I think the strength of our program is we're not a hundred percent GI Joe all the time. I, and so, it, you know, if you're if you're just wanting to contact us, if you just got uh, you, you just hear something you like and you want to react to that, and it has nothing to do with GI Joe whatsoever, we we will still take you. We can't promise you you'll be entertained the whole time, uh, but, uh, but we'll we will still uh, we'll still answer your tweets, and we'll still uh, we'll still welcome you in as part of the family.
0: Of course, what's it's... on JoeMine at gmail.com.
2: Well, yeah, what's on JoeMine at gmail.com. We have a voicemail. Nobody ever leaves us voicemail. Gary, what's our voicemail <laughs> number? I don't know. Damn it, Gary. Well, uh, <laughs> <leaves us> <laughs> That's probably why nobody leaves us voicemail. That's <laughs> probably why nobody leaves <laughs> us
0: voicemail. It's it's mentioned on on every bumper that we have on our on our Nobody podcast.
2: listens to the bumpers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that means no one listens to the what the Geekcast Radio Network bumpers. Nobody
2: listens to the bumpers.
0: 262 515 WOJM.
1: All right. Um they hear, next, they, they hear Blanchard uh, get on there and
2: start talking about all these shows and 65 episodes about the second season of Mask and Everybody starts oh, like, oh, my God, that's that's." they start getting into the split seconds with those, don't they? And their eyes glaze over and the drool starts to come.
1: They're not listening
2: yeah. to this voicemail number.
1: <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started on that show because you want to talk about a painful show. I'd rather sit through Sigma Six than sit through what I'm doing with Mask right now.
2: Oh.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's that painful. <laughs>
2: See, I, I really only remember the first season of Mask, and I, I enjoyed it. It's,
1: I'm telling dude. The, the theme mask, song is the best part. Well, yes. Like, the, the theme song and the very first assembling of the team are the two best parts of the show. Oh, well, yeah. I am, we are currently at, we just, after a two-year hiatus, we just started Mask Mayhem back up. And we're on like the 40th or 41st episode in season one, and it is so bad. <laughs> Oh, my God.
2: Uh, maybe that's just it. I, I think – anyways, moving on.
1: Anyways, moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, so there you go. Uh, I'm sure I'll put an ad in here for What's on Joe mind, so you can actually get their information uh, without them forgetting what their information is. Way to come prepared to a podcast, guys. Um, <laughs>
0: I blame Chuck. Uh,
2: <laughs> Chuck had that information. Who was supposed to invite yeah. Chuck? Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think I could I don't think I could have sat here for the last hour if anyway uh, coming up next on GeekCast radio it's episode 68 continuing the syndication nation spotlight this time we're gonna have star Joe's Ryan and star Joe's Chuck Ooh. for the star Joes episode coming up next and then after five that an episode how huh, what the
0: flag point guys
1: no
2: <laughs> <laughs> ask them about uh, the running gags that we've started on their show
1: oh yes oh, definitely Lord. Okay, I will, I will. Ask
2: Chuck about his RHP.
1: Oh, God. Somehow I don't want to know. Oh, God. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, until next time, unleash the geek in you, and we will catch you later. Hey, I'm
2: Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe
0: news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player.
3: Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang-King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community.
2: Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right and we
3: hey again come on chuck we're just kidding kind of
2: sometimes chuck makes fun of himself right and we okay seriously this is just getting ridiculous now it's what's on joe mind every week on the geekcast radio network inside pulse.com stitcher smart radio and itunes download and listen today i suppose i still can't say something about transformers can
0: i come good on, man. no
2: what about sports that sounds yeah, good yeah that's all right
4: You've just listened to Geekcast Radio on the Geekcast Radio Network. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. First, visit the website geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all of our different podcasts. Second, you can rate our show and leave us feedback in iTunes. Third, follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio. Fourth, become a fan on facebook go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio call the voicemail line 502-526-5821 please remember to tell us the show you are leaving the message for and your name so until next time
1: unleash the geek in you